This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we watch sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, The Tripods, Season 2, Episode 1 and 8. The El Koenig will take you downriver to the site of the games. The stadium is between Koblenz and the City of Gold. If you win your events, the tripods themselves will carry you into their city. Welcome to Continuing Drag, the podcast that you can call potty. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? I'm going to say this. Uh, we've done, what is this, about our fourth episode or so? We've this done is the on, third, uh, third episode. The third one we've done on the tripods. And I know I've not, is it only three? This is only three. I don't know why you think this has been going on for so long. It's been going on so long. Um, I'll say this. I have not been a big fan of the tripods and I've kind of crapped all over it. However... I think we've made a turn in season two. I think it's going to get better. I'm going to just, that's a little teaser. I think it's better. You've seen the light. I've seen the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Jordan, uh, before we get into it, you want to start us off with a little something? I do. I, pu- I put together a little game. Uh, I think it's something we haven't done in a while, but um, I know you've been a real um, uh, tripod head, a real tri head. Um, so I wanted to. Um, I believe we're called tryhards, Jordan tryhards yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh do a little uh i've just called it a little flash round of just uh a quick quick pick one or the other and it's d- other shows we've watched versus um tripods to see what uh you actually like the best okay so i'm gonna give you one thing and another and you're just gonna quickly just say which one you like better okay number one triffid or tripod triffid question two child mind powered tobor or steam powered train (laughs) Mm, let's go with tobor would you rather be in badlands 2005 or england 2089 Uh, england 2089 who do you like better iliana from winter dragon or eloise from this show (laughs) well uh i have never met eloise (laughs) so i guess i did briefly meet her this episode that's true and Eliana from that that remember? weird yeah I know I remember that weird pilot Eliana 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 yeah they kept yelling Eliana's name mm, I think I like I think I like Eloise better as a name so we're gonna go Eloise do you prefer U.S. Army controlling humans through a virtual harsh realm or tripods capping humans oh I love capping man it's capping day Riley from Earth Two or the Power Master who we're gonna meet in one of these episodes <laughs> who is Riley in Earth Two. The bald guy from Lost. Yeah, yeah, the bald guy from Lost. Uh, what's it? Whatever his name is. Um, I, I, obviously, the Masters. The Masters rule. Super Scouts or Teen Freeman? Uh, teen Freeman. I mean, they don't jump as high, but... Uh, or do I like... No, I'm going to go Teen Freeman. Uh, setting a trap to squish a Lucas with a car, a la First Wave, or setting a trap to make a tripod fall to his death? Oh, the tripod falling to its death. <laughs> Yeah, remember that that fun episode? Yeah, I remember that. They, they drop a car. Or no, was it a car or was it a uh, was it like a big uh, crate, like a shipping container? It was both. They did they did both. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, Trace Sterling from Otherworld or Henry Parker? Trace Sterling. Oh well, Henry Parker. Cousin Henry rules, man. Trash collecting arm from Cork or tripod tentacle grabber? Uh, tripod tentacle grabber. You never like Cork. You you love Cork. 
Fe- <laughs> I don't love Gork. Feedback bomb from Tech War or grenade from this show? Well, Tech War is going to win every time. Feedback bomb. Whatever it was called. <laughs> You'll like this one. Super Train or Chemin de Fer. <laughs> well, I really want to do the, the disco on the Super Train, so I got to go with Super Train. Yeah, you have to pick Super Train. They've got a pool for some reason. That'd be so much fun to slosh around in. <laughs> Forehaven, Outcasts, or White Mountains? Whew. Both suck, um, but the White Mountains, I guess. <laughs> Tommy Anderson, he's from Earthbound, or Will Parker? Man... They both suck. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go Will Parker just because I've gotten to know him better. Yeah, fair enough. Would you rather play Mind Game from Sliders or uh, the Golden City games? Oh, I want to go to those Golden City games. I'm sorry I didn't. Yeah, I agree. I just picked this one because it made me laugh. Uh, Jesse or Beanie Beanstalk from Earthstar Voyager or Beanpool? <laughs> I don't remember that character at all from that uh, whatever it was called, Earthbound, whatever it's called. Um, but I'm going to go with... Or Star Voyager. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to go with our uh, Beanpole still. Beanpole. Who do you like better? The Martian from Martian Chronicles or Cognosk? Mm. Again, we're going to find them out later. Mm. I mean, I'm going to have to go with the Martian from the Martian Chronicles only in that you never actually see a Cognosk. <laughs> True. Don't worry, we're getting there. Johnny B. Bukowski from Misfits of Science or Fritz? Which one was Johnny B. Bukowski in Misfits of Science? He was the electric uh, guy. He was like, he was cool dude. Oh yeah, he was, music. he was a cool dude. Let's go with him. Uh, he was a cool dude. Um, uh, what do you like better, hologram H on the forehead from Red Dwarf or cap on the forehead? Oh, the cap's great. And finally, Ozymandias from this show or Blackie from Nightmare Cafe. <laughs> I'll be Blackie from Nightmare Cafe. Uh, Robert England's doing a great job there. And I can add this up and see if you picked more. You picked. 13 out of 20. So that means you like the tripods better than any other show we've watched. Better than any other show ever. Ever. Scientific. I mean, nothing's been more scientific than whatever that was. <laughs> Flash round, I called it. <laughs> you know what, Jordan? If I'd, if, I'd picked, if I'd picked tripods one more time, you know what that would have been? What? 7 out of 10. Hmm, that's, that's true. That's my average rating for all tripods. That's pretty right, yeah, because you are averaging just seven, aren't you? Pretty close. I think I've given it a little bit higher than that a couple, once before, but uh, I, that's how I feel about it. It's all seven out of ten, so I think yeah. 13 out of 20 is about right. Well, it's it's a good way to start because we're in the White Mountain. The I thing I like is that we watched episode 12, or 11 and 12, or 12 and 13, something. We finished this first season, and now we're right into it. We're yeah. right into season two. Here's the IMDb summary for season two, episode one, The White Mountains, 2090 A.D., Will Beanpole and a group of other free men are chosen to compete in the games held by the tripods. Winners are taken to the Golden City, where the free men hope to collect information on how to destroy the tripods. Mm-hmm. And what I like is we start in the White Mountains, and it's kids training. We, we knew, what did you, you say uh, uh, in the last uh, podcast? It was, it was speed, beauty, and strength. Those are the three yes. things they had to train with. Those are, those were, that's what uh, the tripods use to select the best of. And but now we're getting specific. It's running. It's jumping. It's boxing. It's javelin. I was like, so it's the Olympics. Yes, yes. That's they're training in a variety of sports in order to compete in these games. And uh, we do see a bit of that at the top. We see them all like training in various sports. And uh, also we see Beanpole attending science class as well. So there's a, there's a sense that there's like there's a lot of training going on. 
Mm -hmm. I think the idea is that you have to be in peak physical uh, shape and also peak mental shape. Just like life, Jordan. That's right. That's right. This is really reflective of life. (laughs) There are quite a few more teens now that we we get to see now that they're with the free men. And uh, we follow one of these teens or one of these groups of teens as they sneak off to steal livestock from a local village. Well, uh, that village is distracted by capping day of their own. Um, The idea being there, they've come to steal some like cows and some chickens so they can feed the free men. And they know today's a good day because the tripods come to town. We see it's very... This is concerning, I would say, is we see a little mini story in which a teen girl who desperately doesn't want to be capped is forced to shave her head and then like fed to a tripod. And I kept waiting for them to rescue her. And they don't. We're just watching this little mini story of this one young woman's tragedy. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty funny because I thought the exact same thing. I thought, okay, this whole scene and sequence is going to be actually like introducing this character she's going through this horrible traumatic thing she's going to get saved and we're going to learn a little bit about her and her backstory but it's not the direction it goes it's just like really hammering home and i think better than the show has done previously that this is a traumatic thing this is something that a lot of people clearly don't want to do and especially as a um as a youth as a as a teenager as a kid it's like you're getting forced into something and i think they did it the best they've done so far at executing that that kind of scene in this. Well, it's nice for a second season, first episode. It's to remind you of the stakes of what's going on. And they do a good job with it. I agree. But but as a point, I think they do a better job than they did originally because this is very reminiscent of the first episode, which is that guy Jack, I think his name was. And he was just like going to it. Like it was no big deal. It was like he was a zombie. This one, it shows you the humanity that's being taken away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair to that first episode, you kind of needed that because it's supposed to be very disconcerting why everyone's super happy about what's about to happen. That's true. But everyone else is acting the same. Like, it's the same thing. It's like the everyone's kind of gathering for this festival. They're all really happy. And they're all sort of like zombie-like, except for this one person. But yes, she gets her head shaved. She gets capped. And uh, these teens from the White Mounts who've come down, they use the opportunity, as I said, to take some cows, but they're caught sneaking glances through their binoculars like they glint off the glasses, uh, catches the eye of a townsperson. Mm-hmm. Now, was this done on purpose? I, I couldn't tell if it was like a, they were trying to like lure lure the, the people or lure a tripod or was it, it was accidental? It was accidental because as they, they've already got the livestock as they're leaving and someone's just like, stop looking at the scene. Like we got to go. And it, I think they accidentally give themselves away is what's happening. Because as soon right, as they do, right. the alert the alert goes off. The tripod goes insane. He turns to chase them and just starts stomping houses in the town he's like godzilla he's just crushing houses in this village as it walks again i thought done better than i'd seen previously which is you get an idea of um the destruction that is possible through this tripod it it is big it's heavy it's kind of clumsy it will just smash things and that's not what you want it's like an elephant running through a town you know and uh, one of the teens splits off from the group to distract the tripod to let everyone else get away and what we see is the the tripod swing his little his little hand at him smash mm-hmm. some rocks and then finally the tripod i know you've been waiting for this I have. smashes the kid by stepping on him, just smushes that kid to death yeah full point there that's what we want we want the tripod stepping on people so they've taken my letters and they've taken them to heart. <laughs> Every note you've given, they they, they listen yeah. and they implement. <laughs> Isn't it better? Isn't it better when people get stomped? <laughs> it is fun. It's a lot of fun. 
Back at the Freeman headquarters, our main characters, they're pretty stoked to be getting ready for the games, and they, they stop by, I guess, the local Freeman pub for a glass of wine, and we get a nice scene. It's very short, and it, it doesn't come up a lot, but we finally see, like, there's one of these Freemans, a bit of a naysayer, and the boys are like, yeah, I can't wait to compete in the games and then get into the Golden City, and we finally get sort of like... Um, just a little bit of an outside perspective because everything up till now has been very positive about the free men. Mm -hmm. And this one guy is just like, he's a naysayer. He's just like, oh yeah, you think it's going to be so great? He's just like, let me ask you something. We sent kids there last year too. What happened to them? We haven't heard from them in a year. Like, you think this is actually going to work? You're out of your minds. I, I think you're right. I think it was a well done scene of sort of showing that there is free thought in the free men. And yeah, like everyone doesn't agree. And not only that, but maybe this strategy they're doing is not the best one and it's just it may, who knows how many times they've tried it and they sort of hammer that home further because what we see next is cousin henry he's uh, attending like a planning committee meeting where they're discussing like routes to bring the teens to the games that kind of thing mm -hmm. and while he's there uh, henry's been invited because of all the stuff they saw on their journey there he's providing kind of intel like they've seen a they've on that long walk they made they've got lots and lots of view of the of the countryside and while he's there cousin henry's like hey on our walk, we actually found this plateau where the tripods seem to train themselves. They like there was tripods doing sort of exercises. He's like, I've got a really good idea that I think we could like capture a tripod there, which, you know, I don't know what that would do exactly. But he's just like, I think, you know, that'd be useful to us to capture one and figure out how they work and what's going on with these tripods. And Julius just shoots him down. Like the leader of the Freemans is like, no, 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 we're not capturing any tripods to learn any further information. We're focused on the games. And it, it was an interesting scene to be like, Oh, this is interesting. There is a real narrow view amongst the freemen of, like, particularly their leader, of what they should be doing. And and you also get the sense that Henry has a gift for this sorts of thing, whether it's a sort of strategy or military planning or just thinking outside the box. He clearly has a a, a good head on his shoulders for this sorts of thing. Well, and what's interesting too is, you know, we've been watching uh, four episodes of the series up till now. These tripods, these big metal three-legged walking things, they look like something from War of the Worlds. Obviously, I'm just mm -hmm. like, well, these are clearly aliens. What else could they be? But Julius presents a theory as to what they are that I had never considered. It was a pretty good theory, actually. Yeah, what does he say? He thought it was other humans, right? Well, what he says is just like, we've read the old books from before, like, Earth collapsed into this, like, new state of being. And he's just like, our leading theory as to what the tripods are is that they are man-made because before Earth collapsed, Earth had created a sentient AI to take over labor mm -hmm. and tax from them. And so they're like, we're pretty sure that these tripods are that sentient AI that came to power, took over everything, and sort of have subjugated humanity as part of their programming. Which I was like, oh, cool. I had never considered they could not be aliens. But I was just like, interesting theory and like makes sense. And like that, that's, I was just like, oh, I hadn't considered that there were other things the tripods could be. It's funny because in this scene, I thought how it was going to go was different than how it played out. Because at first he's like, anyways, we found out about computers. I was like, oh no, is that what this is going to be? Like the idea is that it was computers, but it's like, no, no, it's more complicated. It's it's bioengineering and computers and AI and how the AI becomes discontent in the world. And I was like, but I'll say this. I don't know if I agree with his narrative, but at least it's something. It was interesting. I just hadn't considered like an alternate viewpoint was going to come up. And we'll see in the next episode. It is, in fact, alien still. Like, it's not actually like AI. But mm -hmm. this was a real, this threw a wrench in everything for me. Because up till now, it's just like, oh, is it AI? I hadn't considered that. Yeah. Aliens are more fun, though, when we finally see them. That's true. That's true. Finally, they have a big feast to announce the teens who will be selected to go to the tripod games. Um, oh, yeah. And also, they, they take a brief moment to mourn that kid who got stomped on. Yeah, that's right. They're just like, anyway, sorry about Ricky. Is it Ricky? Anyways, he's dead. 
but they announced the teams who are selected. There's Fritz, who's going to compete in the 100 and 200 meter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's Maria. She's their javelin champion. I was just like, javelin, eh? Honestly, I would love this to be them against tripods and having to see a tripod through a javelin. There's Yari. He's going to run the 3,000 meter. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Beanpole is being tasked with the long jump. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, what about old Will and Henry? What about Kate? What was Kate? She's going to run the 400 meter. They really broke up the, uh, the so many running events at this games. <laughs> it's funny. I was just waiting for our main characters because I'm like, I don't need to know about the other people's events. But yes, they finally announced that Will will participate in lightweight boxing, implying there are other weight chat levels, but they're only fielding one person. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But what about Henry? Is it is Henry have to stay back, Luke? That's just it. Is that Julius, in the middle of announcing it, says, hold on a second. There's one special person we need to call out. He tried real, real hard to compete in the games. But we think he's a little bit better at defensive strategy. So we're going to make him stay behind to defend the Freeman in the White Mountains. He's like, Henry, bad news. We're not sending you to the games. And Henry's pretty disappointed. He's disappointed. But I'm like, I think that's probably a better place for you, isn't it? I mean, I was disappointed because I want Cousin Henry to only be on screen at all times. So when he, they said that, I was like, no, Cousin Henry's getting like, uh, he's being pushed to the side. Yeah, he's getting relegated to the d- defense. And the episode ends with all the teens who have been selected getting their heads shaved so that false caps can be surgically installed in their heads. Yeah, I wasn't sure that that's what was happening. Now, now you know, at the end, I was like, oh, I understand. But it was just like weird surgery scene. And I was like, what are they doing? I was like, ah, I see. Very clever, Freeman. Very clever. What I like is they don't like completely shave them bald. They just like shave like a little, a little like spot in the top of their hair so they can just put it on. But like, I'm just like, it's going to grow in so crazy now. I think it's all a comb over. Once I think it's just like, you don't know no, it's there. Look, uh, don't worry too much about it. And as you said, Jordan, after this sort of happens, there we get a scene where uh, we see Will pining over this girl named Eloise. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, she's a girl he met in his travels. And like, we didn't meet her. She's going to play a bigger role in the next episode as well. But like, they're really, they're really hammering home that uh, Will is in love with someone named Eloise. And I mean, there's something kind of sweet about it. It's like, you know, it's young love. He met this person somewhere along the way. They probably had... Uh, a very intense thing and so now he's uh pining for her whether it was um it's worth it or not you know it's like it's it, she's an image of something more than anything yeah yeah but she was brought to the domed city of gold at some point so he's hoping to find her in the city of gold if he can get there in i don't know season two episode eight <laughs> here's the imdb summary for season two episode eight the city of gold you hate the tripods and all they stand for you deceive and despise the masters, and your ambition is to destroy every vestige of the trial and occupation of both. Dear Will, I know the entire contents of your mind, <laughs> and it amuses me no end. <laughs> Will is introduced to one of the ruling class, a cognost, who questions him about his thoughts. Fritz finds a hidden map of the city, which reveals a useful secret. I have two feelings about this uh, this episode. The first, I'm a little bit bummed that we never got to see the games, because I think they would have been really fun. So that's a bummer. However, this is, I would argue, the best episode of the series, because it is so insane, to the point where it almost doesn't make sense. It's just like, it's insane, and something weird is happening at all times, and I was like, yes. Guys, tripods, this is what the viewer wanted. It's just weird sci-fi nonsense. 
Yeah, we've jumped ahead quite a few episodes now to the point that we are now inside the city of gold, Jordan. Mm-hmm. How, how would you describe the city of gold? I don't know. There's a few different kind of uh, parts of it. I mean, what 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 part do you want to talk about? Like, because first we're we're gonna see a, a, when like... we see it off the top, we get like a big exterior shot of like what the inside of the dome looks like and what the architecture looks like. That's what I mean. Like, what is the what is the feeling of the of the city itself? I'm trying to. There's a lot of like obelisks, aren't there? Yeah, it's like triangular skyscrapers everywhere and like flying green pyramids that apparently transport people around. They're like neon mm-hmm. green, like early CGI pyramids flying about. It looks like very otherworldly. I thought it was an interesting look to it. Like, I don't know if I've seen anything quite like it. Like, it's like sort of Star Wars-y, sort of Dune-y. Like, it was, it was interesting looking. But everything is very much in a triangular shape. You know, they are tripods, Jordan. They have to uh, keep it to a T, yeah. if you will. Everything's got to have three points. I did think the little glowing um, uh, portal things, wherever they kind of just look like glowing uh, Christmas trees. Maybe uh, chuckle a little bit. <laughs> and in this, we end up having like two separate storylines for the episode. There's going to be one with Will because he's one of the people who were selected who won the games, and there's mm-hmm. enough, there's only one other team who won the games, and that was Fritz, who uh, I'm not sure if he won for the 100 or the 200 meter, but he won for one of those. <laughs> it might have been both. You never know. That's true. That's true. He got two jobs at the at the Golden City. <laughs> <laughs> but let's start off with this new teen Fritz's story as it's uh, sure. uh, more of a B-plot to the story. And we can run through it because they don't really overlap at all. Um, what happens is Fritz, at the beginning of the episode, begins uh, being interrogated by the Black Guard. Apparently the chief engineer of the, quote, power elite was killed. And uh, they're accusing Fritz of doing it. Um, but what becomes clear very quickly is... Is the Blackguard is actually more annoyed that uh, Fritz apparently turned down an invitation to join the Blackguard in favor of joining the Power Elite. Uh, this this chief engineer had invited him to join the Power Elite. Uh, which Jordan, if you have to choose between the Blackguard and the Power Elite, where, where are you going? Of course, you choose the Power Elite. I think I, I did like that because it was a pretty well done scene of sort of like someone's getting interrogated, but as the questions keep coming, you understand. Uh, and it's it's revealed that really this guy has ulterior motives. And you're right. It's it's not so much that his feelings are hurt, but he's sort of insulted. And it's like he's interrogating him not because he really wants information, but because he wants to kind of catch him because he's angry he didn't join the other group. Yeah, yeah. They're basically like, we're going we're gonna to convict you of murder because you turned us down. But the interrogation is interrupted when a slave comes in to say, word has come down that the power master has been negotiating with the slave master, Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, and Fritz is going to be transferred to the power elite, so the, the black guard has no power here. Yeah, so he's basically like, sorry, you just got promoted. <laughs> and despite the fact that Fritz has no training or skill set in operating a power plant... <laughs> Uh, apparently, the the recommendation from the dead chief engineer is enough, and um, Fritz is brought into the power the power elite control room, and he meets the power master, which ruled because this is a massive, I would say, twenty foot tall, three legged tentacle monster with one eye. Yeah, it's like we finally get to see what the tripods are, or what we assume the tripods look like. I don't know if they're running them those the the ships the tripods themselves or if this just you know if it's just they like building stuff that looks like them but yeah they're three-legged they're green they got a big eyeball we're gonna find out they love eating little little white silver ball things uh it was great i was like yes yes this is what we were looking for weird looking aliens yeah yeah and um 
basically he's welcomed into the power elite and uh, Fritz goes to check out the former chief engineer's room to see if he can find any useful information. So we see him go there, he's, he's looting through this guy's stuff and behind the chief engineer's university degree, he finds a secret, a secret surprise, which I just want to note, how, how does this man have a university degree? <laughs> Yeah, he went to a university somewhere. I'm going to assume it was the University of Golden City. Yeah, that's what I was like. Uh, the tripods run a university, I guess. Yeah, it was weird. It, and it's like, it, yeah, it's just one of those things you go, okay, I'll just let that wash over me. But everything about it was weird. It's just like a normal room and he's got pictures on the wall. Why he's hiding this behind the picture, we don't know. But it's just like, we need it to happen because it just pushes the plot forward. So, so yeah, Fritz goes into this room. He sort of sneaks around a little bit and without much prodding, he sort of finds this, uh, what, what would, I guess they're like maps, basically. Yeah, essentially that's what we found. The uh, chief engineer has been secretly constructing maps of the Golden City and uh, Fritz is able to utilize one of these maps to make his way down under the city and he finds, well, I'm not sure what it is, I think they probably announce it in future episodes, but it seems to be like either a water processing plant or maybe like a uh, hydroelectric dam for uh, powering the city. Um, but, you know, we know that Fritz looks pretty pleased to have found this, this and uh, we know we'll find out why later. And actually, we'll find out more in the A-plot as to what, what this might mean. But th- that's sort of what Fritz's plot line is mm-hmm. in this, is he gets bumped up to the power elite, meets a giant th- red three-tentacled monster with a giant eyeball. It's so big. I was like, what is this monster? Um, but that's about his that his story. So do you want to get into Will now? Yeah, I only have one other thing to say is that Fritz gets to wear a really cool outfit uh, when he gets promoted. He just wears an entirely white uh outfit with like a big red sash around his waist oh yeah the slave uniforms in this are great because will wears one too and they are yeah they're just like jumpsuits they're like one piece jumpsuits but they're shorts so they like they look very jaunty like you're like like you're a sailor on some sort of fancy yacht i like that they they had different outfits for different jobs so like yeah uh, Fitz's is like an all white outfit with like a red sash belt. And when we're going to uh, meet Will, which we'll talk about in a second, his is almost like a spacesuit that's been cut up to make it look cooler. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't have sleeves, but it's got the collar without the helmet. And you're just like, what is this? It just looks like, like some hip kids like, no, nah, I'm not going to wear the whole spacesuit. Let's rip the arms off. <laughs> well, Will, apparently in his time amongst the, uh, the people of the Golden City, he's been climbing the slave ranks. He's not just some regular slave anymore. He's been he's been bumped <laughs> up to be the personal slave of one of these tentacle alien monsters, one of these masters. He's also really seemed to have formed a bond with his new master. His master apparently is very interested in human constructs, particularly friendship. So when, mm-hmm. when we meet Will hanging out with his masters, his master's like, hey, we're friends now, right? And Will's like clearly like, like he's clearly a slave but like being forced to be like yes master we're friends yeah it's like it's like going out for a drink with your boss or something he's like hey i'm just like one of the guys you're like yeah i guess you are not really though i like that this tentacle monster is just like well you know what they say about friends will you scratch my back and he just stops talking and he's like grab that stick and scratch my back please and will picks up a big stick and scratches this giant puppet's back (laughs) well i'll say a couple things one i love the look of these aliens i think they're great and it's like you guys nailed it they're just weird and kind of gross looking and it and it's great that it like just speaks to him like with an english accent um there is a funny way that everything's undercut because you're right they're having these conversations you can see there's clearly a comfort between the two of them and and if not friendship a familiarity between the two of them but then they're always undercut with will having to do weird subservient things like feed the guy by hand these weird like fishball things into his mouth directly and i was like that is very very weird well jordan they're not fish balls they're gas bubbles that's what these tripods eat 
and they have a little Is flap under their giant eyeball. Yeah, they're gas balls. That's what they say. They have a flap under their eyeball yeah. that opens up to their mouth. You can like drop drop a gas ball into, and uh, the the master accidentally reveals his weakness when uh, Will's going to feed him one of these balls, and Will stumbles and trips and punches the master right in the mouth when he slips. The master like. <laughs> One of his tentacles shoots out, tosses Will across the room, and then the master, like, apologizes. He's like, oh, really sorry about that. Our mouths are very sensitive. Don't punch us in our mouths, whatever you do. He's like, so here's the deal. We got real sensitive mouths. I'm not saying you would, you know, because you're clearly on my side. But you could kill us through our mouth. So just keep that on the download. <laughs> I'm really glad that you're on my side. <laughs> um, there's a lot going on in this first scene when we see Will as master. Like, it fills in a lot of information about these masters. Uh, we get to see this puppet, and, like, we talked about it a bit, but, like, it is essentially, like, there's, like, a ball in the middle, this green ball with an eyeball in the center. And the eye, the pupil of the eye is, like, trisected, so it's got, like, three, like, bits yeah. to it. So, like, the rest of the tripod, is, it's got three sort of things. But the pupil itself is, like, perpetually shifting. So, it's like, it's got, like, a weird psychedelic pattern that's per- perpetually shifting in the middle of the eye. I'm not quite sure how they did it. It looks really cool. Again, on this episode, it's something I was kind of be desperate for. Maybe it's just the show has made a shift from the sort of journey to being where things are happening. But it's like, everything was like, it just looked like there was a little bit more care taken. Like, everything's kind of weird looking and interesting. And in like, this alien is an example of it. It's just like, yeah, why not give it a little extra detail in its eyeballs? Like, great. I'm, I'm all for it. And uh, it's, it's interesting. Like, it's like five and a half feet tall. It's huge. Like, this puppet is huge. It must have been a pain to maneuver around. Like, it's still, like, a bit lumbering mm-hmm. for sure. Like, they're still... But, like, you can see, like, it still works better than you'd ever expect it to. Yeah, yeah. So they, they talk for a while. We find out that you don't want to hit them in the mouth. We find out that uh, their environment is different than humans' environment because it has to live in its own special atmosphere. So when Will goes to visit his master, he has to wear like a uh, space helmet. Yeah, that's so right. a space helmet because they can't breathe the same air, which, you know, if you're not getting punched in the mouth was a weakness, that seems like a weakness to me as well. <laughs> I know, to be on a planet that you can't breathe air. But it's at the sort of at this point or just after this where the episode, I really can only describe it as trippy. It just gets like psychedelic. And I, I was all for it. Well, yeah. So as Will's hanging out with his master, they're talking about friendship and things. And then the master wants to know a bit more about the feeling of love. And they bring up this Eloise character we were talking about before. Because as we sort of got the sense of Eloise was in the Golden City somewhere and that Will was hoping to find her when he was there. We're now revealing that Will has in fact found Eloise in the Golden City. But she's been put into mm-hmm. suspended animation in the Hall of Beauty. So uh, we knew beauty was a, <laughs> was a, something you could get your way in with. And apparently that's what Eloise is so beautiful. She's been put into suspended animation like Sleeping Beauty for the viewing pleasure of the Masters, I guess. I'm going to assume that in the games that we didn't see, that's where she bumped back in with Will um, because she had been entered for being so beautiful, I'm going to guess. I think they, she'd already been captured, I think, by that point. They'd said in the last episode she'd already been captured. Oh, yeah. had she? It's unclear whether uh, they had a beauty contest during the games. That remains unclear to us. It's unclear. What's, what's important is she's like Lennon now. She's just under a glass dome. And apparently those being held in suspended animation in the Hall of Beauty will eventually be shipped to Tryon the tripod home world yeah and now they said because at one point in the conversations with will and i don't know if it's just happened or it's just about to where like he's talking to uh old uh, uh alien goop face and he's like hey will is that what you want do you want to 
be with this this girl forever and suspended it in animation and will's like i don't know well that's just it his master's like we're friends i see you you have a lot of feelings toward this eloise i might be able to hook it up where we also suspend you and you could be shipped to try on with her because apparently when they get to try on they'll be unfrozen to start new lives on try on like they're they're shipping human slaves back to try on to i guess start a slave camp on Tryon. Um, and so he's offering Will the opportunity to be with her on Tryon. And we're supposed to, like, I think, get the sense that Will Will's tempted by the offer, but he's got he's got a mission on this planet he needs to do. Yeah, and he, he just needs to find out what their weakness could be. If only he could figure it out. <laughs> I like that their weakness isn't not is not getting punched in their giant eyeball. It's getting punched in their tiny little mouth. You would think. You would think it'd be the eyeballs right there. You'd be mistaken. Here's where it gets weird the episode though. So it's like because we're doing this in, in A plot and B plot, but the episode cuts in between Fitz and Will, and so it's sort of like scene, scene, scene. Um, and while the Will's having a conversation with uh, uh, Goophead, um, is it just happens out of nowhere, right? Where he suddenly just, like, gets beamed up? Well, not quite, not quite. Uh, what happens is we cut back to them, and what we see is we, we see one of these glowing uh, green triangle sort of like travel pods and it's flying through the city we get like a really long sequence or it's really cool they like spend a bunch of time with like on a steady cam like flying through the miniature showing off the entire city and uh, what we get is, mm-hmm. is is a bit of a voiceover here where the master explains that they've been invited to visit a cognost and this is exciting um because for the master, he's never seen a cognos before. He's never been asked to visit a cognos. They're they're sort of like amongst the masters, more of a of a, an elite class, even amongst the masters themselves. Right. And you know, it's it's opportunity to give a lot of exposition and an opportunity to show off kind of the miniature they've built. So you get a kind of this combination of things happening. Which I like seeing more of the city. It looked cool. And what we see is like the cognos. Apparently, they live in these like towers in the center of the city that are be fed by lasers, and they call this the the pool of fire. Though it's just lasers shooting out of like a a hole in the ground, essentially. Right. Right. Um, but the the master explains that cognosts have been around for a long, long time. They have no physical body anymore, and they and they essentially run the city from these spires. Apparently, the master, as he says, his understanding is that they they were like him once. They were masters at once, but they they evolved out of uh, out of their bodies. They like basically migrated into becoming part of the structure of the universe themselves. So they're they're essentially uh, bodiless creatures that like are just minds now. They're just minds, and these mm-hmm. minds of the cognosts. They can read other people's minds. So when the master goes to visit them or a slave goes to visit them, they can just read their minds. Cognosts are now just like psychics, essentially. Not psychics. uh, What do you call it when you can read someone's mind? Empaths. Empaths. Telekinesis. Something like that. They've they've got that ability. And uh, this is since this is the first time that the master has ever been invited, he's very excited. This is a real honor to finally meet a cognos for the first time. And when they get there to, I guess, what is the holding chamber before you go in? Like It's the lobby. They go to the lobby of the cognos. <laughs> They're waiting to get invited in by a secretary. And uh, as the master standing there, he gets, he gets informed that uh, he was only invited to bring Will. Will's the only one going to visit the cognos. And the master is... Very thorny about that. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't complain, but his tone of voice is uh, very, very upset. Yeah, well, because he's being friend with him under, and he likes the the weird power dynamic they have in their friendship. I know. And now Will's getting invited to see a cognos, and he's not. He's just like, oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess I was just invited to. Uh, that's fine. I don't mind. I don't mind. That's my job. I guess just to bring you here, my slave, to meet a cognos. That's fine. I don't mind. And and Will suddenly gets beamed up in this weird sequence where it's like like a tube 
beaming up to heaven sort of thing it looks like it's very bizarre i i really liked it yeah it's a classic science fiction sort of look is it's it's like a bunch of little glowing rings come down and encircle encircle will Mm -hmm. and then they pull him upward into sort of another into another room above them and that room is just the ceiling and the roof are like ripples on water like water drops falling in water just ripples forever rippling Mm -hmm. out so he's like in the center of these ripples and he's even got a reflection in the ripples like they've done a very nice job with the the effects in this thing like there's a reflection of will in the ripples he's like in this weird non-place and what's going to happen is he's basically brought up and you're going to get like a sequence of, of like a conversation between these two and what you're going to get very quickly as you said is that this uh, cognos can read his mind so he can't he can't deceive it at all because it knows what he's thinking so it knows who he really is because apparently he's been going under a, a pseudonym and it knows his plan and it knows he like it, he can't outthink it which is a very interesting way for an adversary well that's to, true uh, to be set up that way but i think what's more interesting jordan is this cognost he's pretty chill he's a pretty chill cognost because will gets up there and as you've said we know the cognost can read his mind immediately because that's what the cognost says he's like hey mm-hmm. will i know you're not who you say you are and by the way Call me Coggy. Does he say that? Yeah, right at the top. He's like, hey, I'm a Cognos, but you know what? You can call me Coggy. <laughs> he pulls up a chair, sits on it backwards. And uh, essentially, Coggy just is like, hey, I've been noticing you around, Will. You seem cool. But uh, I noticed you don't have a real cap. Like, it's a fake cap you're wearing. Like, I've noticed that from a distance. And I was like, that's weird. Because, like, if you wanted to come here, just get a real cap. So I, I thought I'd bring you up here, have a little chat, get to know you a bit better. He's like, and now that you're here, you know... I can read your mind. I know you're here with your buddy Fritz. You're planning to use an explosion to crack the city dome and kill all the masters with Earth's atmosphere. Like, I I see your whole plan. He's like, and you know what? That plan, it tickles me. It's so funny to me that you've got that plan. I haven't had a heard a plan like that in a long time. Like, the the Cognost, Coggy, he's loving every second of this. Yeah. Well, even he's just like, hey, take off your helmet. Get comfortable. You can breathe here. Hey, you must be hungry. Here's a table of food. Want some wine? Boom, you got wine. Also, pour me a glass. And then I like that sequence where he's like, pour me a glass. And then he like mind drinks it. Yeah, yeah. It's just you see a glass full of wine slowly <laughs> get get less and less. And you're like, Coggy's having a glass of wine. Honestly, usually you expect these like all-knowing minds to be very serious. Coggy is just having, he's just there to chill. He's just there to chat. He's like, so you want to blow up this place? I don't think you can do it. So let's just hang out, man. We'll have a nice time. Yeah. Coggy does give a bit more information. It's weird in that the idea of like an all-knowing mind would be so like just casual. But he explains to Will kind of why he likes Will so much. He's just like, hey, Will, you and I have a lot in common. Like centuries ago, I was selected because I, like you, am quite bright. I was quite athletic. Like I had all these like talents and I was selected to become an immortal space mind. Literally, he calls himself, quote, an immortal space mind. He's yeah. like, so, you know, we've, we've got a lot in common that way. He's like, but I'm going to tell you a little secret that uh, your master down there doesn't know. He thinks I used to be one of him, but, like, they're basically cockroaches to my civilization. Like, we're so old, masters don't even know what's up. Like, we're actually, like, a superior race by, like, centuries. So don't listen to that master. Mm-hmm. I'm way cooler. Yeah. And then explain this part to me, because, again, we're, we're cutting between this and Fitz and stuff. So... Where they're having this conversation, and then it's like this weird sequence happens where it, it's like something from like Labyrinth or something, where they go to like a like a room, and Will and Eloise like she takes his hand and they start like waltzing in a room that turns out to be like a clock. 
Yes, well, this is it. Uh, while Kagi seems to be, like, casual and fun, you can also tell he's a little bit sadistic because they talk about Eloise for a moment. And he's just like, oh, so you like, you miss Eloise, huh? And he basically uses his, like, psychic powers. Like, you know, he's created food for Will. He's mm-hmm. cre- created this wine. Whether it's real or, like, a, a, an illusion is hard to know. But he brings an illusion of Eloise into the room. And Will suddenly dressed in tuxedo and she wants to dance and they're dancing. And Will's kind of, like, caught up in this moment of fantasy. And, like, the camera pulls mm-hmm. out. And what we see from above it, they're dancing on this, like, 3D clock face suddenly. And, like, the clock hits midnight, and like uh, Cinderella, Eloise runs off and leaves a glass slipper behind. And Will, like, grabs it and chases after her, and he pops out, and now we we finally see the Hall of Beauty for the first time. And that's where, as we've said, Eloise is, like, mm-hmm. under glass and, it like, Stalin in some sort of suspended animation. And Will is suddenly furious that he's been, like, tricked by, uh, by old Coggy, and he, like, smashes that glass slipper on the ground. But, yeah, it's, like, this weird thing when... I think what it is, it's, like, a power game. Yeah. is like, Coggy's, like... We're chilling out. We're having a nice time. He's like, but you think you're blowing anything up here? Get real, buddy. I'll bring your girlfriend back to life for 10 seconds, then drop you off in the the Hall of Beauty so you can see her in her coma. Like, I run this place, buddy. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's like, oh, I know you think you can outsmart me, but like, I can control space and time and everything in between. So, all right, good luck. And anyways, here's a glass slipper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was an interesting sequence for sure. And like, I, I love this Cognos. I just like... You know, I was, you know, it's not crazy to be like, he's going to be only a voice because he's like just a mind. But then to introduce him, he's just like really just so casual and chill and he just wants to hang out. But he's also a bit of a dick. I'm like, I don't know what this character is, but it's pretty cool. And again, uh, best episode, I think, of the show. And it, I like that it's inching. I feel like it's inching, inching to something. And it's it's taken a little while. I'm glad we're in the second season because uh, more of this sort of stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan, I don't know if you noticed this. I haven't, I'm not sure if you read much about uh, the show or the book at all at this point. Not much. I've kind of just been taking it as it comes. Well, the Cognosts were created, is my understanding, for the TV show. So these are these are brand new hmm. creations just for the TV show, apparently. Well, I think it's an interesting concept. I, I'm curious to see how it's going to play out because they've essentially created in like all-knowing, all-powerful, seemingly uh, uh, villain uh, so or antagonist. So I'm curious how they're going to beat that unless they add some sort of weird like oh by the way the medallion you've been wearing is the weakness of it the whole time or something dumb like that but i'm, I'm curious to see where it's gonna go <laughs> so little faith in the show <laughs> we'll see we'll see well jordan let's rate these episodes then let's 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 okay. get into it since since we switched to season two you seem to be feeling a bit better about the show how do you did you feel mm-hmm. about uh the first episode white mountains 2090 ad okay it's inching better i'm still gonna give it probably a lower score than you but it's it's getting in the right direction we were down to fives for me previously i'm gonna give this a six and a half we're 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 edging back up we're we're becoming a tv show that you might want to watch yeah the first episode was a lot of fun i mean it's them training for the games so not a lot happens but we get the fun sequence of seeing other capping day we get to see that kid get mm-hmm. stepped on that was pretty cool um and you know they they announce who's gonna go to the games and i was disappointed to see henry's not going but you know i think it's still on par with season one it's just kind of like the little elements are happening i'm gonna stick with a seven i think for for a season for episode one okay we're pretty close on that and what do you think for um uh episode eight for season two the city of gold 2090 ad mm-hmm. uh great everything's amazing in this episode poppets and masters and cognos like they're blowing the doors off this thing once you're inside that golden city we really are in a gold city, Jordan. This is this is the best the show's ever been. It's so much fun. It's so crazy. I love looking at every single sequence of it. 
I'm going to go a full eight, I think. Again, I'm, I'm really close to you. I'll go 7.5. Trippy episode, real fun sci-fi. I, I still think it's like, it's got some issues with how this show tells the story, but at least it's weird and different now. So it, it, it's going in the right direction. Seven and a half. Yeah, this show's, this show's got a lot going on for it, I think. It's got some things. It now has, has aliens that look cool and weird <laughs> trippy experiences where people are beamed into stuff. And it's not just like looking at railroad tracks. And a waltz. You love when people waltz on TV. You're always just like, not oh yeah, waltz the waltz. Here. That was the point five. <laughs> well... That wraps up for this episode of Tripods. We've got uh, one more to come. We're going to finish off the Tripods next week and, and see see where it all wraps up, how, how it comes to a conclusion, I guess. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, though, we've been jumping all over the Tripods. We're doing the best of the top three episodes of each season. So we went from like season two, episode one to season two, episode eight. We missed the game yeah. somehow, Jordan. We didn't get to see what happened to the games. Well, we know we know that Fitz won possibly two races. You wanted to see how far that lady threw that javelin, though. <laughs> I want her to. I want to see a, a tripod throw. <laughs> I like that you think the kids are competing against tripods in these games. It only makes sense. <laughs> but if you want us to go back and watch an episode we've missed of this show or any other show where we've skipped past episodes, you can do that with bonus episodes for charity. Our little initiative where you donate to a charity as selected by one of our past guests. You can find those on our website, continueanddrag.podbean.com. We'll go back. We'll record a special bonus episode based on the episode you've selected. Just to have a little fun, give you a little more of a series you want to hear us talk about for some reason. Uh, oh, who knows why you want to hear us talk about anything, but here you are at the end of the episode. So you did already. So why not once again? One more time. But this time for charity. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that um, via this sort of initiative. If you have any questions, of course, email us at continuedreg at gmail.com. We can fill out more details on how you do the donation, how you get us the like receipt, that kind of stuff. Or just go to the website, continuedreg.podbean.com. I've got all the information listed there. We even have a little links and you can see all the episodes we've missed. So you can even just be like, I don't know, I don't know which episode to choose. Click that little link and you'll see every episode we didn't watch and you can just pick from that list. It's real easy. Um, but that's just something you can do if you want a nice bonus episode and to give a little bit of money to charity. Charity always appreciates that. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, though, you can get a glimpse of these episodes of the Tripods uh, on our social media. You're going to get Masters. You're going to get Cognos. It's all going to be there. Yeah, there's uh, the Will getting beamed, uh, him waltzing. You got, uh, I don't know, uh, him smashing that glass slipper. <laughs> Some of that stuff will be there for sure. You can find that on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's all the places we're hanging out. Shouldn't put these clips up. The handle there is at Continuum Drag. But that wraps it up for this episode. So, listener, thank you for joining us. And, Jordan, I'll see you next week. See you then. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario, and Seoul, South Korea. Theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Delic and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes. <laughs>